Tasted and seen are the sweetest of 
Good morning, everyone. Do we, we have such an awesome praise band, don't we? Um, we're so thankful for them. So uh, remember that you can, you can text to give or you can send uh, gifts, uh, financial gifts through the website, tithes and offerings. I have a very special guest doing announcements today, the one and only Parker Casey, everybody. Welcome. We are so glad for you to be here to worship with us today. Will you write something in the comments so we can see that you are here? Be praying for our students and teachers as we go back to school tomorrow. This Wednesday, the youth, kids, and parents will be outside in the green space. We will have plenty of room to spread out and practice social distancing. Sixth day, sixth day creatures will be here with some exotic animals. The presentation starts at 6 p.m. Bring your own lawn chair if you have one. Lastly, you have one more chance to bring items to help Stripling Elementary. You are, we are collecting sanitizer, hand soap pumps, and disinfectant wipes. Thank you. Prayer for our offering. Loving God, uh, we pray that you bless every uh, financial gift that is given. We pray that you will use it for your kingdom and for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
How awesome is our praise team? Again, they're awesome. And our technology team, I know you're loving all the new camera angles and the sound they're having. It's amazing. Uh, It's amazing things going on here. So right now, if you have a friend who is a teacher or you know a teacher uh, or you know a student going back to school, write their names right now in the comments. We want to pray for every teacher, every student uh, right now. So please do that. Go ahead and let's lift them up in prayer. Loving God, right now uh, we pray for every teacher going back to work tomorrow, whether they're going virtual or going to be doing in-person school somewhere. We pray that you will guide them. We pray that you will give them wisdom, uh, patience. Um, We pray that you will give them the rest they need when they come home. Uh, We pray for every student, God. We pray for them to have focus. Um, We pray that you will give them, again, patience as well. We pray for parents Uh, that are going to be wrestling with their kids doing online school and that type of thing. God, we pray for the parents, God. Pray that you will give them peace. We pray that you will give them rest and strength. God, we pray that you will just help us get through this first week of school uh, with no problems. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And not just pray for our teachers and students, but give them words of encouragement. uh, Send them a message. Send them some love. So, um, I've got to say, these are hard days, right? I don't think anybody would say, 2020 has been the easiest year. If they say that, I don't know. I don't know if I trust that person. 2020 has been a difficult year for everybody. But I really think that maybe 2020 might be the best year of ministry for the church. And I don't mean just Gadsden First Methodist, but I mean the church universal, all churches. Maybe this is the best year of ministry for the church. Because even like Pastor Sam said last week, the church is not a building. The church is the people. Uh, And this year, because people are hurting, people are sometimes having a rough time, it is the time for the church to uh, take care of their families, their neighbors, and their community like never before. This is the year for ministry that we've never seen before. So I ask you these questions. Have you been worried lately? Scared for the future? Just tired out? And I know sometimes people will ask how you're doing, and I know we all say we're doing okay, but uh, even when you're wearing this, you can see it in somebody's eyes when they're stressed out, when they're tired. I know you can see it in my eyes when I'm completely worn out. So I have some questions for you, and these are questions that I've been asking myself. These are questions that I wrestle with. Um, Are you taking care of yourself? Are you exercising, sleeping good, eating okay? With young people starting back to school, Um, you are going to have times where you feel overwhelmed, things get canceled, rescheduled, moved around. It's stressful, right? Sometimes you'll be going to in-person school, then online, then back and forth. It's draining. I get it. You're going to need your rest. You need to take care of yourself. Teachers, parents, caretakers, nurses, doctors, are you taking care of yourself? It's a question I ask myself all the time uh, because a lot of times I'm not. So I want to talk to you this morning about a guy named Elijah. Elijah's story really starts off in 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verse 1. Now, Elijah is a prophet. He is called called by God to be a prophet. And a lot of times, these old-time prophets, they didn't necessarily give these great messages of hopes. Uh, A lot of times, the Old Testament prophets would give a doom and gloom message and weren't maybe the most fun messages to hear. And that's what Elijah does here. Elijah is called by God to go to King Ahab and give him a message that's a really tough one to hear. And here is the message from Elijah, the prophet of God. He goes to the king. King Ahab, by the way, uh, worships uh, other gods and Baal. 
And here comes Elijah. He's a bit of an oddball in the community because he follows the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And here he is coming to bring this bad news. He tells King Ahab, there's going to be years of drought coming. Who wants to hear that? Who wants somebody to come and say there's going to be years of drought coming? That would be like somebody saying to us, there's going to be years of COVID. We don't want to hear that. So this was Elijah's message, years of drought coming. And then after Elijah brings that message, we see in 1 Kings 17, Elijah meets a widow woman, right? And this widow woman, she is worried because this drought is here. She's worried she's going to starve to death. But Elijah talks to her and God provides um, enough, he provides enough oil and enough flour that she is going to have enough food through the drought that she will not run out. This widow woman also has, she has a sick son who has stopped breathing. And Elijah witnesses God heal her son, restore her son's life. So just in this one chapter, chapter 17, we see Elijah being called by God to bring a prophetic message uh, to a king. Uh, so he is empowered by God to do that. And then we see him, see, we see that he is provided for with food. We see uh, a widow woman provided for with food through a drought and her son even healed. So Elijah sees the power of God at work in his life. Um, and that may not have a ton to do with where we're going, but it does because Elijah sees the power of God. And then here's how 1 Kings chapter 8, 18 starts off. It sounds a little bit like 2020 to me. This chapter starts off and it says, the third year of the drought. That is no fun. That is no fun. That sounds like 2020, doesn't it? It just starts off by saying, the third year of the drought. So this is Elijah's day. This is what he's going through. Not a good time. Um, not fun at all. Queen Jezebel at the time, she is having the prophets of God killed. So anybody who's like Elijah is getting killed. The prophets of God are hiding in caves. But Elijah in this chapter, Elijah with the power of God, with God's help, Elijah is able to conquer the prophets of Baal. And then you know what even happens at the end of that chapter? It rains. The drought has ended and it rains. Elijah sees the power of God at work in his life now for a second chapter, God doing amazing things. But here's where the story gets real for us, and here's where it gets so personal for me. Because we have had, and I know Elijah's situation is much worse, three years of drought, people trying to kill him, but hey, um, I'm a wimp, so here it goes. We've made it six months or so with COVID affecting our lives. We've been through a journey, we've been through a struggle. And for some of us, it's been a financial journey, a mental journey physically, but you've gone through a battle the past six months. So remember what Elijah had been through, years of drought, but he has seen the power of God at work in his life. And this is how 1 Kings chapter 19 starts off. And I want you to hear this. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all of Baal's prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this message. May the gods do whatever they want to me if by this time tomorrow I haven't made your life like those whom you've killed. The queen wants to kill Elijah. And here's what happened. Elijah was terrified. He got up and ran for his life. He arrived in Beersheba in Judah and, and, he, and left his assistant there. He went further uh, on into the desert on a day's journey. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush. He longed for his own death. It's more than enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. He lay down and slept under, under the solitary broom bush. Now I ask you when you hear this message, when you hear this scripture, have you been there 
where you just want to give up and say, I'm done. You throw up your hands. You say, um, I can't keep going like this anymore, God. I, I can't do it anymore. Now, here's the question. Remember, Elijah has seen the power of God do amazing things for two full chapters. He's seen, uh, God has helped him win battles. God has provided food for him. He's healed. God, God has healed a person that was dead. So Elijah has seen so much. But Elijah now gives up. He gives up. The queen wants to kill him and he's done. He just says, I can't do it anymore, God. I give up. So I ask you this question. Is God furious with Elijah? Is God going to punish Elijah for his doubt, for his being burnt out and tired? What's God going to do for the, in this situation? Because I know we've been there too. What will God do? And I'll tell you in this next part, God is not angry. God is not angry with Elijah when he's burnt out, when he's exhausted, when he just says, I can't take it anymore. Um, God is going to send a messenger, going to send some help. And here's what happens next in 1 Kings. Then suddenly a messenger tapped him on the shoulder and said, Get up, eat something, Elijah. Elijah opened his eyes and he saw flatbread baked on glowing coals and a jar of water right by his head. He ate and drank and then he went back to sleep. The Lord's messenger returned a second time, tapped him, said, Get up. The messenger said, Eat something because you have a difficult road ahead of you. Elijah got up, ate and drank and went refreshed by that food for 40 days and nights until he arrived at Horeb, God's mountain. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Elijah had to reset his health, his mental health, his physical health. He was burnt out. He was completely done, exhausted. Some of you watching this, you're there. You're burnt out. You're done. Maybe you're not there, but you're on the way to that. Elijah had to reset his health. He had to take care of his physical body. We cannot be a blessing to others when we are at that level. When we are so done, we're no good to anybody. When you're that run down, you can't help your family. You can't help your, your coworkers. So I ask you again, what about us? How's your health? Do you need to take a break with some good food, like we heard in this story? Do you need someone to make bread over hot coals? Uh, this past week, I interviewed Jane Patton in the church parlor, and uh, we talked about yoga and taking care of ourselves. It was awesome, because she talked about how it's not just your physical body, but your, your, um, your, mental, your mental state. So I want you to go ahead and listen to that, or, or participate in yoga, or some other activity. Maybe you like walking or hiking, whatever it is, whatever it is that gives you rest. Maybe taking a nap, maybe sleeping. One of my challenges for myself is shutting off my TV at a certain time, shutting off my phone at a certain time, and getting much-needed rest. How's your physical health? How's your mental health? So also, when we thought about this messenger of God in the story, this person that came to bring rest to Elijah, I have seen the church be that messenger that gives rest to people that are weary, that are so burnt out and tired. I've seen this church recently when we had the tornado um, up in Albertville, I think it was. Our church came and they brought food to the tired workers, the people that needed rest. I've seen our ladle of love bring food every Friday to people that are tired and needing rest. And I ask you this, have you ever tasted the Hales? They go to the traditional service, but the Hales who attend church here, they make Amish bread. I'm telling you, it's the best thing. I wonder if that's what Elijah had right there. It's awesome. Um, and maybe you've been that messenger providing rest for others, and maybe you're like me, and you're the person that doesn't like to take. 
uh, that blessing that sometimes other people offer. When somebody wants to let you have rest, when somebody wants to provide for you, when you say, no, 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 because you want to be, be that messenger all the time. No, Elijah had to take the rest. So do we. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest sometimes. We need it. We're not a blessing to others unless we do so. So sometimes we need to take care of ourselves. So why did Elijah need the rest in this story? You're thinking, well, why did he even need to rest? In the scripture, it said um, that God had work for him to do. God wasn't finished with him yet. There was a tough journey ahead. And God's not finished with any of us either. God's got work for us to do, so we better get rested up so we can do the job we're called to do. Here's what happens next in 1 Kings, and it starts in verse 10 here. The Lord came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the Lord, God of heavenly forces, because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They have murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. We all give God reasons for when we want to give up, don't we? We all have reasons. I think like Elijah, but in our day and age, we could say, God, have you seen what's going on? Have you seen all this COVID everywhere? I just want to give up. God, have you seen how crazy people are on social media? I just want to give up. God, people are so divided. I'm tired. I'm tired of standing up for what's right. And then here's what happens in verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound, a thin quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face with his coat. He stood out of the, by the cave's entrance, and a voice came to him, Why are you here, Elijah? And again, he gave his same excuses. But then the Lord tells him to go back to the desert to Damascus to anoint a king. But something stands out to me in that. Elijah had to reset his health first before he could hear from God. Elijah needed to take care of his physical and mental health before he could finish the task at hand. And did you notice in that last part? God spoke to Elijah, but there was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in any of that stuff. But God was in a still, quiet wind that God led Elijah. Maybe for us, maybe for us, we're always so stressed out, so worn down that we can't feel God's leading, right? Elijah got to the place where he rested. He was restored. And when he was still and quiet, he could feel what God was calling him to do. We have to get to that place too. Get our rest, reset our health, because we've got work to do. I want to end with this. 2020, like I said, I think it's going to be the biggest year of ministry for the church, the people of God. So God might want us to share and love more than ever, but we're going to be needed to be rested up in good health for whatever comes ahead. I don't want to sound like a doom and gloom person, but I think 2020 is going to continually to be challenging for the next couple of months at least. And we're going to have to be rested up so that we can be a blessing to those around us. So let us rest up. Let us spend time with God. Let us be physically and mentally restored so we can, so we can serve. Let us pray. Loving God, right now I pray that you will help us find ways that we can rest, 
find ways that we can be restored, find ways that we can relax, find ways that we can be still and to feel your calling on our lives, to feel what it is that you are nudging us to do, who you're calling us to help. God, we ask for this. We ask for rest. We ask to be restored. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. the promise you
So our benediction is going to be a little bit different because I have questions and challenges for you. How do you relax in 2020? What is it that you can do to relax, that, find that time? What exercise do you like to do in 2020? Get after it. How can you eat a little bit healthier in 2020? And also, how can you be one of those messengers of God who provides rest to others? Maybe it's food, maybe it's something else. How can you provide rest for others? Go in peace.